you know, because my end goal when I leave, you know, that country is to, one, to tell an amazing story, but two, I want people from that country to be like, that guy got it right. You know, Jeff Bradford went to Croatia and he told those stories that we're proud about. You know, you're going into Switzerland. He told the breweries that we all love. Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on-the-road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer. Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm not interviewing you, though. (laughs) (laughs) We interviewed somebody else, not you. I'd be interesting, though. But Jeff was much more interesting. That's just because you don't ask me the right questions. That's because I've been with you for, like, <laughs> ever. Anyhow. Ever. It has been ever. <laughs> so who's Jeff? Jeff? Yeah. Let's get back on topic here. <laughs> Before we even really get off of it. So, okay, Jeff. Yeah, who's Jeff? That's... Jeff is actually one of those people that we've met. Surprisingly, surprisingly, beer brings you together, even when you're not together. And Jeff's one of those people that... Uh, Actually, our love of beer and things in the spirits and wine world and his love of the same thing and of storytelling led us together. It was kismet. But anyhow, Jeff does things very similar to what we do, um, but on a more global level, I guess you could put it, because he travels across the world um, in search of craft beer stories, but also stories around wine, spirits... Um, and then like culture and yeah, actually very close to what we do. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, Jeff has come at it from a little different angle. He's gone wholeheartedly. Actually, I should backtrack for those that don't know. Jeff runs a YouTube channel called beer, wine and spirits channel. So if you want to find his, uh, his storytelling in the, beer wine and spirits world that's where you would find it beer wine and spirits channel on youtube and you know jeff we're gonna obviously let him tell his story because and and in the podcast though we get kind of more um into how he got started and we talk a little bit more about travel and travel style and like how do you travel you know around the world basically and of course you know nowadays we definitely mentioning how Travel has been pretty limited with the pandemic, mm-hmm. but then and we still also, is right now, yeah. especially, especially for Jeff, because globally, yeah, global travel has been much more difficult than just trying to get around within the United States itself. Yeah, especially for us because we drive everywhere, so that's not very difficult mm-hmm. at all, really. But, but whether you're interested in like how, well, so this, I guess, like the podcast that we're talking with Jeff about on here is just more about his his story and Mm -hmm. like how he travels and what he finds interesting and what he's working on right now. And then, um, you know, just. Yeah, because culture. Well, he says it perfectly. Cultures, customs and courtesies. I love that. (laughs) And then for those of you who are interested in kind of living your own type of dream, it's always inspiring and always um, helpful to know how others have like funded their yeah. How, how they funded their life, their life dreams and things. And he's pretty open at that and talking about all that, too. So we just get into everything into this conversation. Well, yeah. It's, Jeff's had a pretty great. interesting life the way he's come yeah. to where he is today. And, you know, I'm not going to throw all that out there because that's his story to tell. Maybe we should let him tell it. <laughs> yeah, we probably should let him tell it. So with that, 
Here's Jeff. We're here with Jeff Bradford from Beer, Wine, and Spirits channel, right? I said yeah. That. Yay. <laughs> and the first <laughs> thing, the first thing is first is we have to open up a beer because, you know, this is the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure podcast. So, like, open a beer. Finally. I love it. And we have yeah. to give a call out, a shout out to Woods Boss Brewing in Denver, Colorado, because we just bought some of their cool new uh, tulip glasses. Although we're not drinking their beer in. No, we're not drinking their beer. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm, I, I just wanted to give a shout out to Owl Farm Beer. Um, so that's what I'm drinking right now. They're doing some pretty cool stuff. Uh, I stumbled upon them when I was down in San Diego. So I just want to give them a shout out. That's what I'm drinking. I'm drinking their uh, white sangria ale. Ooh, that's nice. Good. What are we drinking today? We are drinking a pink peppercorn saison from Chain Reaction Brewing here in Denver. It's in is it? Oh, yeah, it's Denver. Yeah. Yeah. It that is. sounds amazing, guys. Well, it's a good one. Cheers. 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 So, uh, Jeff from Beer, Wine, and Spirits channel. YouTube channel. Yes. Find it on YouTube. Who are you? Why are we talking to you? <laughs> because i reached out to you guys i thought you guys are doing the cool stuff man <laughs> you said diminish anything that we're doing like i'm just I'm like oh my god what you're doing is exactly what we want to be doing <laughs> no I, it's a it's almost the same thing just you have a different a little bit different approach but we travel the same style everything i mean it, it really is I, and that's what i think is is so awesome about it it, it is a different approach you know what i mean in, in terms of yeah i'm on a, a global scale you know, in terms of content, uh, you know, and the way I, I approach things, but it is the similar, it is very similar, you know, and, uh, I, and again, it's so cool for me because I get to watch things like what you guys are doing and I can get some insights from what you guys are doing, you know, whether it's stateside like Mexico, uh, and so on and so forth. So it, it, it's really cool to, uh, to, you know, to be able to watch, you know, people like yourselves doing the same thing. And I, I just, I just think again, you know, like if I could preach the, you know, life, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, what I, what I fell into the trap of, and I'm sure you guys could relate was I just, I put, I built like this life cage around me through material things and through all, you know, the car payment to the house payment to the social norms. And all of a sudden, like half of my paycheck is getting to support this lifestyle, you know, in this bigger house, these rooms I'm never in, you know, in my four bedroom place. Why do I have two cars, three cars, you know what I mean? That I drive every now, you know, so long story short, I retired from the military back in late 2017, was trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. And one of the things I was always passionate and excited about is whenever I saw a beer, wine or spirits label, I was always curious about who made it and how it was made. So I sold everything and started traveling the world telling stories of brewers, winemakers, and distillers in exchange to film episodes and put it on my YouTube channel. So yeah, it started off with an idea and a dream, literally goose eggs across the board on YouTube and all my social media. Um, and luckily for me, I'm, uh, I've, I've created a, an awesome following from around the world that are interested in how, you know, tequila is made, how whiskey is made, you know, in Scotland to you know, how beer is made in San Diego to all over the world. So it's been a pretty cool journey and I get to meet cool people like yourselves. <laughs> well, it's funny because a lot of people that we meet tell us we're living the dream that we're driving around drinking beer for a living. And I'm like, we are doing this. But now I feel like I'm saying you're living our dream because we're doing it across the United States and dabbling in Mexico and stuff. But 
our next foray down the road is to go worldwide like you are doing right now which is all well maybe not as much right now since we got the whole covid crap to deal with but yeah that and that's been the thing too right i mean for the past year it's travel has definitely been limited i'm sure like you guys you know you had all these big plans to go see you know x y and z go over to europe i know we were talking beforehand Mm -hmm. uh similar to to my story too as you know i had I had 15 or 16 episodes ranging from New Zealand to Australia, you know, to Italy and all that stuff came crashing down as soon as the pandemic hit, you know, fingers crossed, you know, I know the, the vax, you know, the vaccines are, you know, are more widespread here uh, in the U S um, and hopefully travel gets back to normal. I say that in quotation marks, normal um, here pretty soon. So we can get back to, to traveling and telling these amazing stories because like you, you know, that's why I loved what you guys were doing. Uh, you guys are telling some great stories and that's what, for me, that's what it's all about. And I love that. You know, I love when I can look at a can or a label and follow people like yourselves and you've told that story and I can relate both of them together. It just, it, it you know, it makes that drink a lot more special and tastes better at the end of the day. <laughs> so Absolutely. what's one of the stories that you love to kind of repeat if you know if someone asks you what what's your what you know what are you doing what's something that you just love to talk about when you visited all these different places what's one of those that is just completely are there repeatable? any standouts yeah yeah you know it's they all you know it's hard to say because they all have their own unique you know stories uh you know i've you know i've had funny stories to where i've lost a drone i was snowmobiling in iceland you know and having a beer at the top of this you know, uh, you know, this mountain, you know, we're snowmobiling around and I'm like, this is great to capture this and have a beer. All of a sudden, our, we, we see the storm coming in and our drone just goes flying away. And by the way, I had two weeks worth of drone footage, amazing drone footage from this one that I lost, you know, to going into Croatia and meeting these winemakers that have been doing it for, you know, 40, 50 years, you know, but only been making, you know, they, they tell me, Oh, I've only been making wine. This is my 40th time, you know, to make wine. And the cool thing about meeting people like that is I just like, they're so amazing and their knowledge has been passed on from generation to generation. And I'm just lucky to meet them and tell their story, you know, going down to South Africa and just seeing, you know, how, you know, they work, they all work together to, to make a product. Um, you know, they don't have the, the uh, you know, systems and, and processes in place like the United States, you know, they kind of figure things out on the whim. They run into a lot of energy problems, you know, so, you know, they, they're, they're trying to figure out different solutions for that. So I have so many different stories, so many different things, you know, that I could talk about in that. But uh, the one thing, you know, uh, the one thing that I always come back to is, um, you know, cultures, customs and courtesies and where I felt at ease at. And I will tell you, one of the places uh, it was was Croatia for me. When I was there, it was just it was just so amazing. This you know the culture, and it just felt like time slowed down, and the cuisine was absolutely amazing. And they were uh, they they had all this history, you know, and culture and knowledge, the way they were making wine, um, and pair that with some you know fresh caught seafood, uh, you know, and that coastal breeze and you know nice temperatures. Uh, it was just for me. It was just it was it was awesome. Um, so I always go back to whenever somebody asks me something like that, I always stop and, and always think about Croatia, uh, kind of like, you know, one of my favorite places would be to live would be, you know, either San Diego or Croatia, and they all have similar weather, good drink, 
and, and great food. So. so speaking of like good drink, um, when we travel around the United States, we generally use our map or Apple maps or whatever, and we put breweries near me, or we do some research ahead of time to find out who's written whatever blogs about the area. How do you find good breweries or good places to go or distilleries when you're overseas? Is it the same idea or how, how would you suggest that we would, someone would do something like that? Yeah, no, I, similar process to what you guys do. Um, you know, so, but my big thing was, and still is, you know, it, I go to that country and I live there for a month. So I might have a few breweries, wineries, distilleries in mind. Kind of like the similar, you know, how you guys find the, the brews, winers, distilleries through through the internet, through apps. But to get locals, you know, and to sit down and, uh, you know, when you're at a, a pub, you know, and you try this beer and you talk to somebody to the right and be like, hey, man, what do you think about, you know, what, what's your favorite beer? And he gets to go in and talking about it. And you kind of go down a rabbit hole with three or four people at different, you know, places, you know, drinking establishments, whatnot, bars, restaurants. Uh, you know, you start to find out really quick, they all kind of say the same thing, you know, the same brewery, the same winery, the same distillery. Um, and that's what I do. I write it down and then I go check that place out, find out about it, uh, you know, because my end goal when I leave, you know, that country is to, one, to tell an amazing story, but two, I want people from that country to be like, that guy got it right. You know, Jeff Bradford went to Croatia and he told those stories that we're proud about. You know, you're going into Switzerland. He told the breweries that we all love, you know, those, you know, those the people from there. So that's really my main goal. And that's kind of my strategy behind it. Uh, and as I've grown, it, which is really great, is I've got people messaging me every single day about, oh, my God, you got to come tell this story. You got to come tell this story. And I'm just keeping a, a running list. So when travel gets back to normal. I can, uh, you know, I can go and tell these stories, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I do it. Right. You didn't know. So it's, it's fun. A lot of fun. Do you pick the country and then find the places or do you pick the places and then explore the country? Country, always country. Yeah. And it's usually, I'm, I'm usually chasing warmer weather. <laughs> so <laughs> you know what I mean? So in the winter, in the winter, I'm in the Southern hemisphere, you know what I mean? And, and so uh, I, I try to chase warm weather, uh, keep the summers always constantly going in my world but there's also uh you know it, it is cool to go into like we did I went to Iceland in the winter time you know and, and talked about some breweries over there and some distilleries so it is pretty cool to show you know the different seasons uh you know in Poland it would be cool you know to go to Russia in the winter time as opposed to summer right uh, so I kind of think about that too as well but uh mostly I'm trying to uh stick with the, the warmer temperatures especially as I get older so what's that been like for you this past year where we could, none of us could really travel, especially the worldwide travel that you're used to doing? Yeah. I mean, so first thing I first, the very first thing was, oh shit, uh, <laughs> you know, because I based my, you know, I based my life on this, you know, and I was just starting to see, uh, you know, some great results in what I'm doing. Um, so that was my first reaction. And the second one was like, okay, you know, what, I'm not going to be able to travel. So what's, what can I do? And the, the biggest thing I learned was, um, you know, look at my pre-production, you know, look at my videos, study my videos and how I can get better there. Luckily for me, I always plan to have shelf, you know, like 12, 13 episodes. It wasn't for a pandemic. It was more so like if I broke my leg, you know, traveling or doing something crazy. Right. So that's how I've always thought of it. So lucky for me, I always, I had that plan B and I was able to immediately shift from two episodes, three episodes, four episodes a month 
to one episode and be able to string that out, you know, as long as possible. So that was, that was the first thing. Um, and secondly, it was, it was taking a look at it and saying, okay, where can I tell good stories? You know, and kind of, kind of look at, look at it from the, you know, I was in California, obviously I can't get to Europe. I can't get anywhere, you know, um, you know, outside of North America. So I said, okay, what stories would I would be interested in? Because that wasn't my plan. My plan wasn't to tell any stories here in the United States, um, you know, for, for 2019 and, uh, tw- excuse me, 2020. And so it, that's, that. I stopped and I looked and I said, okay, what stories need to be told? And that was when, you know, I looked at it and said, wow, Texas whiskey's coming up. That would be a great episode to tell. I haven't heard that much. So you know, so I started researching and looking at stories that I would tell. And then I started getting into more of the environmental uh, aspect of the alcohol industry. We know that the alcohol industry is very energy intensive, you know, when it comes to stuff like that, they use a lot of water, a lot of energy, so on and so forth. So I wanted to kind of, and I knew that was in the news as of late. So that was something that I, I started to tell the story of. So once I, once I narrowed down the stories that I wanted to tell, it then came to, okay, I'm in California and there's stories here I could tell um, that I could still travel to, um, still be able to, to film episodes, uh, Texas, um, and so on and so forth. So, and, you know, fingers crossed, you know, it was like um, every month was like, okay, where's the pandemic at? Is it opened up? No. And it was like every, you know, next month, okay, come on, come on, easing restrictions. All right. You know, it's lower. And then all of a sudden a second wave. Um, so it, it has been frustrating to say the least because we base our lives off of travel and story, you know, telling stories, um, you know, but my big thing, and, and I look at it as, you know, I'm fortunate that it happened because I was able to really take a step back and look at my content because the rate I was going, I was going at a million miles an hour. I was filming episode after episode, but it allowed me to really take a step back and look at how I could get better and how I could tell a better story uh, and bring more value, not only to the breweries, wineries, distilleries, but to the people that actually watched my content. You mentioned um, environmentalism in like brewing or distilling or um, even in uh, maybe even wineries and stuff like that too. But what what have what projects have you been working on, or what upcoming projects do you have that are that's involved in that? Yeah, no, it's it's so cool because there are a lot of people doing some really amazing things. They're solving a lot of you know I say complex issues to, to these problems, these environmental problems. Um, so the first episode that I'm actually continuing, actually I'm working on right now, is I'm talking about regenerative farming in the wine industry. So what does that look like? Um, so that's one episode I'm following two wineries right now through the 2021 wine season to show what it looks like in the winter, spring, summer of regenerative farming. I have uh, a, a winery, Tablas Creek, that was the first winery to become regenerative organic uh, certified. And then I'm following another winery that is actively pursuing the, the certification right now. So it's really cool to see a winery that already has the certification of what they're doing. Um, on a bigger, on a bigger scale and then a small boutique winery, you know, and them actively going through, you know, taking soil samples, sending it into the ROC, uh, you know, and some of the other checklist items. And so that's, I'm really excited about that episode talking about, go ahead. So for people that don't know, Jeff, what is regenerative farming? Cause that's kind of, I, that's a term we hear a lot lately, but 
you don't hear a lot of people really explaining what it is and you don't have to go deep in the weeds because I know we want people to watch the episodes too, but. Yeah. All I could say is it really comes down to the soil and capturing carbon in the soil. So it's, it's, it's really that negative carbon footprint uh, and really looking at it from that perspective and cap capturing, uh, capturing everything within the soil, but it goes a little bit deeper into that. And again, yeah, I, I definitely want, you know, people to, to check out the episode, but I also, I also will tell you, it goes, it goes into more of just creating your own ecosystem with on, on the winery grounds, you know, in your vineyard. So if you can imagine, you know, we think about pesticides, herbicides, fungicides as taking care of our problems, you know, in this industrial farming age that we've lived in, it's easy solutions, it's cheap, but, you know, regenerative farming also comes into it and says, wait a minute, if I've got all these, you know, bugs, or I've got this fungus that's growing on, there's a balance in the environment that's out of whack and how, you know, nature naturally balances itself out. So it's just really taking a step back and looking at it through those lenses uh, and to, to, uh, to figure out problems or to, you know, figure out solutions to those, to those types of problems. So very interesting. And it's something that I didn't even think about until you start talking to these people that are really just invested uh, into, you know, this, this type of farming. So and um, so that's that's one of the episodes that I'm. What working are the names? On. What are the names of the wineries that you're highlighting again? Yeah, one of them is Cobles Creek in Paso Robles, in California, and then the other one is Via Creek, and they are also at Paso Robles too as well. Okay. So and they're making some absolutely phenomenal wines. Um, so yeah, it's such a cool story, and I'm excited. It that'll come out. That episode will come out, um, you know, at the end of harvest, right around probably September, October timeframe. Again, you'll be able to see the whole season of what it looks like from winter, uh, you know, all the way through harvest. So it's going to be pretty cool. Awesome. Um, the the other the other episode that I'm working on um, is how vodka is made with bread and pastries. It's so weird, you know, and, but it's crazy, you know, as I, as it, you know, it was such a cool story because one, you know, they're, you know, the reason why they they're using bread and pastries is because these bread and pastries are expired according to, you know, manufacturers, you know, the expiration dates that they put on food, you know, that's something that is for us, you know, it's, it's a control measure to protect us, the consumer. But what we know is, is that, you know, some of this you know, it has a, a bigger and better shelf life that can last a few more days, uh, you know, outside of that expiration date. But more importantly, you know, where this 40%, roughly 40% of our food um, ends up, you know, you know, going to waste. I couldn't believe that. And when I started in this 40% of all of our food, um, and, and so, and it was interesting because it's, I did this story in San Diego and, and it just brings up all these different issues, these complex issues, right? And, you know, you talk about in San Diego, you know, one out of every eight people, you know, going hungry, you know, or homeless or going hungry. But yet we throw away so much food because of, you know, again, to keep consumers safe. And unfortunately, there's just not a better system or, you know, in my opinion, there's not a better system, you know, but this one company was saying, hey, look, instead of you know, bread and pastries, making it to the landfills, we can take that and turn that into vodka. Because at the end of the day, what do we need to create alcohol? We need, they need the sugars from those cookies, cakes, you know, breads, and they're still in there, you right. know, and they figured out now, don't get me wrong, there's a lot more science behind and chemistry that goes involved into to creating this. 
but I thought it was such a cool way to take what was going to be thrown away, create a product out of that. And I think the alcohol industry can do more of that. Um, so it was super interesting and fascinating. And it goes more in depth into more environmental stuff than because I thought it was just going to be, OK, making bread and pastries, you know, and, and vodka. But I, I, as I started to go down the rabbit hole researching this, I mean, again, I started looking at food waste. We start looking at how are we going to feed billions more people in 30, 20 to 30 years, you know, 20 to 30 years. Uh, cutting down rainforest and, and planting soybeans and, and more rice and more wheat and agricultural products like that is not the solution. Um, so, you know, it's it, it just opened my eyes up to a lot of the, you know, things that are going on environmentally that these, you know, these companies or distilleries, I should say, are, you know, trying to figure out. Um, just like another story I'm looking at doing here in a couple of weeks. Um, it's a distillery called Rebrew and they're taking expired beer and creating gin and uh, vodka from that. Yeah, so those are those are just a few of the stories that I'll be telling. I'm looking to, uh, you know, to work with uh, Regenerative Organic Alliance um, on a couple other different episodes, too, as well. And uh, yeah, if you would have asked me a year, year ago, you know, year, you know, if this pandemic would have happened, I wouldn't be doing these stories. I'd still been doing the stories that I had. You know, uh, you know, but it would have been overseas and it would have been some great stories still. But that's what I'm talking about is this this had this this pandemic had, you know, made me pivot. Uh, and now here I am, you know, in the environmental space talking about awesome stories, uh, you know, in, in the alcohol industry. What distillery is doing the um, project with the pastries? Yeah, it's uh, the distillery is called Misadventure. And I'm actually working on the episode right now. Uh, I guess this is a good plug-in right now for the episode, but we're looking to come out uh, with that episode on April 22nd on Earth Day. So Perfect. here in a few weeks. Yeah, it actually worked out perfectly. I want to say I planned all that, but I had, <laughs> I had no idea. It just, I don't know, it just worked out really well. And that's what's been great about this journey of mine. A lot of things have worked out well. I don't know about you guys, but... Yes, I've had some bumps in the road, but more more importantly, I've I've just I've had a lot of things go right, and this is just one of those situations. Yeah. Well, see that works right into our schedule because now we have to make sure we have this episode out by April twentieth. <laughs> so you helped us. You helped uh, refine our schedule a little bit, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, you talked about pivoting through twenty twenty, and that's something you know early early on in the in the pandemic, like everything kind of stopped, right? We all froze and we were all reassessing. But then as things kind of people started figuring a way out and we started doing more um, interviews over Zoom and things like that, you start realizing how resourceful people are. And we've seen it time and time again, especially in this industry, you see brewers and distillers and, and even winemakers, you know, have found ways to pivot and work through this somehow and not sink. You know, we're like at the beginning, it's like, oh, my God, everybody's going to go out of business and we're going to be starting from ground zero in a year. But this business allows it doesn't allow for a pandemic, but it kind of allows for that uh, flexibility and fluidity in the first place, because everybody in it is already trying to be their best, you know, their most creative self and trying oh, yeah. to come up with different ways of, you know, for it, for the environment, but also for the flavors and whatever they're creating. So that creativity is definitely helped to get a lot of, you know, this industry through it. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. And one thing, you know, one thing I'm, I'm hopeful 
because of the pandemic, you know, I, I like some of the laws that are being reviewed in terms of distribution. You know, yes. I think that was one of the things that I was like, yes. And I hope they continue to look at that, you know, you know, that uh, the di- distribution laws, uh, because they are, I, to me, outdated. Um, so that was one of the things. The other thing, too, um, you know, as I was traveling around, you know, especially here in California and, and some neighboring states, was just the, you know, the, the, the local camaraderie that, that brought people together to support these breweries, these wineries, these distilleries. And we've always talked about that, but I think we really saw that when the pandemic hit, you know, breweries were hurting and, you know, and they were like, you know, and, and it was great to see, you know, the local community just come together and just support, you know, the, those breweries and wineries and distilleries. So I thought that was so cool. We knew that, but I really saw that when, when this pandemic hit. You have got a lot going on and you've been doing <laughs> it for quite a while. And um, I know one of the biggest questions we get for our lifestyle is how do you afford it? Are you retired? Are you rich? Like what's going on? So like, how do you fund some of your travels? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I get that so much. Oh. Right. And I will, I will tell you this, I sold everything. So I don't have all these bills and all these headaches and all these, you know, basic human problems, you know, like how am I going to you know, pay the electric bill or this, that, and the other and stuff like that. So, you know, getting down to the bare, you, we'd be surprised on how little we need in a month, you know, when we don't have much, I live out of a suitcase. I have a couple pairs of jeans, a couple shirts, some running shoes, and that's about it. But to support everything, I am retired from the U.S. military. So, you know, I do have that as a passive income coming in every month. Uh, as I was uh, stationed in different places uh, during my 20-year military career, I did buy real estate. And I was fortunate enough to, to get that, uh, you know, paid down for and have people in there to, uh, to pay my rent each month. So I do have that coming in. Um, so that's how I initially started with this funding. And more importantly, uh, a year or two before I got out of the military, I saved a lot of money because what I knew was I didn't want to go work and be a number two or number seven for somebody. When I got out of the military, I knew I wanted to create something for myself. And I knew that was going to take a lot of capital. Now, what does that mean? You know, is that 30,000, 40,000? It was six figures that I saved up because I didn't know. I knew I wanted to travel. um, And I knew three years was the, the number that I had in mind, which was if you start something, three, at least do it for three years and then reevaluate. So, and it's funny because in April 12th, I'm actually hitting my three-year mark of beer, wine, and spirits. And I can tell you that money that I saved up that I thought was going to last three years lasted me more like a year. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so whatever amount of money you think it's going to save, it's like a construction project or a home remodel right. or something. You're like, okay, it's going to cost this. And then you're like, at the end of it, it's like, it's three times the amount, right? So um, so that's how it really, really started for me was one, I had a passive income. I had no bills. And the second thing was I saved up a lot of money uh, for what I thought three years would be enough. And uh, that's how it carried me through because again, you know, this idea and dream that I had, yeah, I would, you know, I, I figured to myself was, or I talked to myself about this was like, yes, I'm, I want to make money and yes, I have a plan for it, but it took me two years to be able to just start money, to show people that, hey, you, you actually make some pretty cool videos, dude. You know, and like, we're going to pay you to do that. But when I first started off, it's like, Jeff, who, you know, when I started writing emails to these breweries, wineries and distilleries, they're like, Jeff, what, what do you want to do? You want to come tell my, st-? like, what? 
Um, you know, so it's taken me a, a long time. It's taken me two years, actually, a little over two years to get to start this, uh, you know, to get funded, you know, and, and start to monetize this as a business. And, you know, I'm thankful now going on year three, uh, you know, April 12th here, um, that I, I that I have a sustainable business based off of uh, production and video production. So when does the Jeff Bradford um, YouTube start a YouTube channel course come out? Oh man, you know it's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> I, I think there's so many other people out there doing doing that. I, you know, I uh, I wouldn't. It, you know, I always say I do stuff that's true to me um, and true to what I believe in, and you know th that is nowhere near what I what I would like to do or like to get into. Uh, for that. So I'm, I'm happy with coming in and there's a mutual, uh, you know, there's a benefit to, to me coming and telling a brewery story because I feel like I'm really good at that. And, you know, for them to be able to pay me for that, it's again, it's something that I'm doing, I'm passionate about doing and I'm getting paid to do that. And, it, and it's awesome. And I'm able to tell amazing stories for these breweries that, uh, you know, that otherwise wouldn't have that chance or spend a lot of a fortune to be able to do that. I've been able to figure out, I shouldn't say figure out, but you know, a lot of people ask me about my production and say, wow, this is a three, four, five man crew coming in here, you know, and that's, that's awesome to hear. Um, you know, but we, I used it's me and a videographer and we do, we work our, we work our ass off to, to get the production level high and I'm always learning and growing. But I think that's really cool when we come into these breweries, wineries, distilleries and say, look, I can do this production two man crew and it'll save you a ton of money on whatever, you know, everybody else is doing or would, would charge you. So that's the other benefit from it. Um, so that's what I've built. Um, and I still got a long way to go, but, uh, but I'm growing every day and I'm getting better every day. Awesome. So, so in your case, you're build, you're building your channel with the stories that you're telling, but you're also have a secondary business that ties into this where you sometimes get hired by the brewery or winery or whatever and produce some content for them aside from what you're doing for your channel correct yeah can you know it's i look at it like this for a marketer I'm, i kind of come in and say look i i could tell your story put it on my youtube channel for free and then uh and then you guys if you want some social media videos 20 second 30 second you want something to put on your website that's something but this is these are my rates so it's kind of for a marketer, it's kind of a, wow, you get a, and I hate this word, but you get this like micro influencer, macro influencer, you know, uh, that has, that brings social capital to be able to see what your brand's doing. So I bring that. And then again, I bring that, you know, that production value to them on a, at a cheaper scale. Um, so for a marketer, I, I always look at it and say, that's, that's kind of the best of both worlds for them, you know, and in on one package. So yeah, it's been it's been really good. And, and, uh, you know, now I'm looking at technology that's out there, um, right now, you know, when we look at it, you know, we've got VR, we've got AR, you know, one, one of the things I'm looking at is interactive technology. So anybody familiar with my episodes or checking out my episodes, how cool would it be to tap on a label to get more information about that beer or that skill or that piece of equipment or, you know, that person, um, so I'm really looking at that right now to really enhance my videos. Um, yeah, so it's 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 interesting times to say the least. Yeah, for uh, for me and my brand and where I'm going. Yeah, it is. So on the other end of the travel perspective here, can you once you've picked a country that you want to go visit, 
Can you kind of walk us through, like, how do you find housing and how do you figure out where you're going to go next and how long, you know, how long are you, do you plan for travel days? And just, I don't know, if somebody wanted to just start traveling and they really didn't know anything about it, what would you kind of. Yeah. You know, so I'm horrible probably at, at, you know, giving guidance on this because I am a very, I am a procrastinator at this. Like literally I'm driving to the place and I'm like, oh damn, I need to. I need to get a place to stay tonight. So that, but, that sounds, sounds familiar. like us. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah. will tell you there is that. But if I had to give guidance to somebody that is like, you know what? Hey, I've saved up a lot of money and you okay, know, wait, I'm, stop, I stop, want... stop. don't give guidance. Tell us how okay. you do it. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, okay. So that's how I do it. I typically like if I know I'm going into Croatia, I say, okay, I know I have these breweries that I want to set out. But my, you know, like kind of like filmmaking and, and document, you know, documentaries, like I go in with a plan. And day one, that's thrown out the window because there's three other breweries that are like, I got to go check out. So then it's just like, okay, let me go check these breweries out. Let me find an, you know, Airbnb, a hostel, uh, whatever's available, um, usually on the cheaper aspect of it, uh, scale. Um, And that's kind of how I roll with it because every time I've had a plan or gone, you know, again, it changes and and I'm getting great information from people while I'm in the country, go check things out. I'm like, kind of, you know, I'm kind of like over here one day, over here the next, there's no real solid plan. And I wish I could say otherwise, I do have those scheduled breweries, one or two breweries, like I talked about before, you know, that I know I'm going to tell the stories of that I have the place already, you know, uh, you know, the lodging already mapped out. But other than that, as soon as I get there, it seems like all my plans and everything gets thrown out the window and it all changes. And I'm exploring new territory, hell, I mean, how many times has this happened to you? But I meet somebody and they're like, dude, you have an awesome story. You know what? You're coming. You're, you know, my family is actually, this person owns a restaurant. Come with me. And all of a sudden I'm staying lodging for free, you know, in, in you know, this country. And um, it might sound bad, but I'm, again, you know, I'm a, a former military guy, you know, 42 years old. That's, uh, you know, that I'm, you know, these guys are in tattoos, right? And uh, these guys are looking at me like, you know, hey, I'm going to show this guy a good time, but I'm not, you know, my point being on that is I'm not worried about getting mugged, you know, and these guys looking at me trying to steal everything that I own because I don't look like I own that much to begin with, with a rock t-shirt <laughs> hat on and some bands or some Chuck Taylors. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that's, that's how I roll. And I kind of like it that way, you know, and I experience so much more like that. So yeah, one of our favorite stories is we were at a brewery um, just outside of Prescott, Barnstar Brewing, and it's on this farm, and it's only open on the weekend, and it's kind of a destination brewery, and we get there and met this one guy who'd been there all day just hanging out, and he's asking us where we were staying, and we're like, I don't know, there's some land just a few miles down the road that we think we'll be able to stay at, and he's like, okay, and then we all say cheers, and he goes away, and then we find that we leave, and we go find this land, we're like, all right, great, this looks like a great place to, to camp, it's dark. And all of a sudden there's these big headlights coming our way. And it's like, there's so much place, so much spaces around here. Why is there someone like parking right in front of us in the middle of nowhere? And yeah. I cannot remember his name. Sean. Sean. Yeah. He comes back. He's like, forgive me. I don't know. He, he came back from his ranch to find us to say, forgive me. I have no idea why I didn't just invite you to my ranch. Like you guys need to follow me. This is where you're staying tonight. <laughs> it's, yeah. He yeah. drove five or 10 miles down the road to come find us. <laughs> and take it out to his place. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I will tell you guys, especially when traveling overseas and, you know, whether I'm at the brewery and they're like, hey, where are you staying tonight? And I'm like, ah, you know, as soon as I say, I don't know, I got to still look. They're like, 
well, you could come, you know, stay, you know, I've got this place or I've got, you know, I've my friends over here, you know, we can go out, have a drink and then you can go stay over there. You know, it's, it's so awesome to, to see people and how big their hearts are and how, you know, they're open. As soon as you come into their world, you know, they want to show you everything, you know, especially if you're an outsider, right? You know, even in the States, you know, from, you know, uh, you know, from country to or state to state, you know, it's like, oh, you're from out of, oh, let me show you. And they want to explain and show you the, you know, where they're from and uh, all the cool things that, uh, you know, that, that they have in their city and whatnot. So I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like you go different places, wherever it is throughout the world. And, you know, there are these cool things to see, cool place, history, all these different things going on. But when you meet people like that, that's when you really get to know a place is the people. I mean, at least that's what we find is like when you get to know locals and they bring you in and like, hey, let's go sit around the fire. Let's do whatever it is. You know, I'm going to take you to this place or come hang out with us at our favorite pub. Don't go to that fancy, you know, high dive tourist place over there. Come down here around the corner in this ratty place that is all everybody's favorite, everybody's yeah. favorite. And you find these gems hidden among all the cool, all the other stuff that the shiny objects, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I will tell you, you know, that's something, you know, when I talked about it with the pandemic hitting and me really, you know, evaluating my episodes, and that's something I'm doing when, you know, when travel gets back to normal is I'm really trying to focus on sense of place because I meet these awesome people and I want to bring that into the beer, wine and spirits world, you know, whether I'm in, you know, country A, B or C and, and city A, you know, in, in the different cities in those countries, it's, you know, it's being able to take that local and have that guide to be able to show, show you around and show you those cool places and then mix in the, the beer, wine and spirits, you know, and, and that into my episode. So that's something that when I reevaluated my episodes, that's something that I definitely want to add as I'm moving forward into that into my episode, excuse me. I was going to say too, but what you were saying before is like, we've always said it. And I probably say it in almost every podcast episode, beer, wine, distilled, you know, like vodka and alcohol, all that is, it's just, it's so much more than just the beer. It's oh, about yeah. the people behind it, the stories behind it and what it brings to the community. Yeah. I, you know, that's the, you know, that's the narrative. I'm, tr you know, I need help in that changing that narrative of alcohol. And I think in the United States, you know, you say that word and we start, it has a negative conversation to it. Right. And I always say too much of anything is a bad thing, you know, you right. know, whether it's money, right. You know, women, you know, for, for guys, right. Gambling, so on and so forth. Um, too it's, much of anything is a bad thing. Yeah. Well, and it's we, funny we if you to, call it, if you call it craft beer, wine or spirits, it sounds like more sophisticated and you know what you're doing. But yeah. the second you say alcohol, it changes the whole connotation of it. It really does. And so I, I, I'm hoping to, to change the narrative on that, you know, like, you know, I'm a business partner with Earn Your Booze because, you know, what I hear all the time, I wake up every day and I think about health first, but because I'm in the alcohol industry, right. And I talk about beer, wine and spirits, um, people automatically assume that, you know, I'm, I'm out of shape or I can't be in shape because of that. And I'm telling people it's wrong, you know, that that is so wrong. And so I try to I try to make people understand that you can balance the two, because what alcohol for me does, I don't wake up thinking about alcohol. I use it as a reward mechanism. Hey, I've had a hard day. I have a glass of wine or a glass of whiskey um, and I like 
you know, having friends over in sporting events and, and drinking a couple beers, you know, to smoking a cigarette and a whiskey and having a peace of mind thinking about the next week, you know, we mourn with it, we celebrate with it, you know, you look at cultures around the world have developed their own alcohols, right? That's what's right. so amazing to me and figured that out, um, you know, so for me, it's like, guys, we, we can tell a different narrative, you know, drink responsibly is great, I got it, alcohol industry, but you ask 10 different people what drinking responsibly is, you'll get 10 different answers. You know, for me, I'm thinking about it and saying, you know, it's okay. Look, I'm not perfect. You know, nine, you know, seven days a week, six days, I'm having a beer or two. Yeah, there's this one day I meet a friend and I'm like, woo, and I throw one too many back and I wake up hungover. Guess what? That's okay. You know, but it's the second and third order effects of those decisions of alcohol that I think people need to pay more attention to. You know, it's okay to go to a bar and meet a friend and have a beer, you know, which I think our, our society says, no, 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 you know, it's okay to do that. But now when you crack open that second one and that third one, you need to start changing those decisions that you made and how you got there and so on and so forth. So I, I just think that, again, we just have to educate people and, and uh, make people understand and change it, maybe a little bit different narrative towards it. But uh it's going to take a while because again, like you said, as soon as I say the word alcohol, damn, you know, it's bad. So. There's a brewery um, owner. It's oh, yeah. Colum Columbus, Georgia. Mm, yeah. Um, Chattabucci is the brewery and he's former military guy too, Mike. And he said it right out when we interviewed him, he was like, everyone has their own personal relationship with beer and alcohol. it's kind of, or with alcohol. Yeah. Um, but everyone has their own personal relationship with it and that's okay. But you have to respect everybody's personal relationship with it. And I just remember him saying that and it was. Yeah. And he owns, it. he owns this brewery. He doesn't drink. He loves the industry. He loves the people around it. He loves the taste. He loves the idea of He'll it. And he tastes beer here and to there. To make sure that they're good. And what but he has, uh, his brother, I believe it was, passed away because he had problems with alcohol, with addiction. And couldn't yeah. get past it. And so he promised his family that he would never go down that road. So he just. He likes the community. Stays back and he still builds that community aspect of it. And that's what he focuses on this community and not cramming a bunch of beer down yeah. somebody you know, and getting it out there. And that's a very American thing, I think, is our, yeah. our, our, well, like prohibition. I mean, that's probably a big, that's probably one of the big causes of some of the problems that we have with alcohol in our country. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such an interesting conversation and topic. You know, I was asking a couple friends of mine that, you know, work in rehab center, alcohol rehab centers, you know, and they're telling me that, you know, out of 10 people, for example, you know, one out of 10 actually have a disorder, right? And they have some sort of, you know, issue with it and stuff. But the other nine, you know, are, you know, they're using it, you know, and, and as an escape mechanism to the everyday harshness and realities of life, you know? Life is tough. Life is hard. I get it. You know, we all get it. We all have our own issues. We all have our own stuff. Um, and my thing is, is look, you know, I've been down that rabbit hole. Look in the military. I came back from deployment and I was putting down, you know, a half bottle of whiskey a night. You know what I mean? I was going through a divorce, you know, and I was drowning my sorrows in it, you know, and, uh, you know, so I've been down those, all those different paths. And what I know is, is I need to look in the mirror and call out my bullshit when that happens and say, Jeff, look, you're, you're drinking six beers a night, bro. What the hell is what's going on? Like, this isn't normal, you know? And, uh, 
So I think, I think a lot has to do with that too, as well, is it's just people need to realize. And again, you also need to realize that, you know, if you meet up with my, I mean, I, I met up with my brother last weekend, you know, first time in a few months and we threw him back. Right. <laughs> right. And, and that is also okay. You know what I mean? But it was like, okay, I had, you know, Uber got me point A to point B, the decisions were made, you know, the right decisions were made. Um, and, but again, I didn't go there thinking I was, I thought I was going to have one to two beers and we had a great time. And I would, you know, I woke up with a hangover next the next day, but it was great. And that is also okay. But somehow, you know what I mean? And somehow, some way, you know, that is also just, again, it comes back to the decisions, the second and third effects, you know, uh, you know, of those decisions that you do make, you got to think about that. I think life in general, I mean, not just alcohol, but it comes down to the yeah. decisions that you make. And if you're going to make a decision to stick it out in a corporate world or whatever you want to do to be able to like, just kind of going back to what you're saying to pay for all the things that you think you must have, or are you going to make a decision like you did, or we did to kind of sell everything and to try and live the life that you really want to live. And because that's the right time to do so, like everything that you do comes down to those decisions. Yeah, it's such a great point. It brings me to a story where uh, I was driving with a friend of mine, uh, you know, on, on these crazy California, we're right outside of LA. And obviously, we, we needed to make the exit. And we were the three, you know, three lanes over. So literally, oh, we no. sped up, crossed over a bunch of people. Well, literally, there was a cop behind and ended up pulling us over. And he was like, what are you doing? And we we're like, yeah, we didn't hit anybody, you know, anything. And he's like, you know, what? You know, you could all you had to do is just make a choice and go down to the next exit. You know, you could have gone into a big accident here. You know, it could have happened. All you had to do was just take five minutes more out of your day time, you know, get off the next exit, turn around and then be on your way. You know, it would take in five minutes of your time. Now you're getting a ticket. Right. You know what I mean? Just because of this. And it could have been a lot worse. So, you know, going back to those you know, decisions, like you said, not just in alcohol, but, you know, we could we could apply that to a lot of different things in our life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm kind of glad you decided to try the, you know, beer, wine and spirits world out there more. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's so awesome because it's, you know, the storytelling, that's what I'm all about. You know, a lot of people ask me, you know, Jeff, are you going to open up a brewery? You know, Jeff, are you going to open up, what's your end game in this? And I, I have to tell them, I honestly don't know what my end game is, you know, because it changes, you know, every year I always tell people, as long as I'm, you know, I trust in my decision-making and make the best decisions that are in the now in today, uh, that'll guide me, you know, into this legacy that I'm on. Obviously alcohol is going to be the nucleus travel is going to be the nucleus, but it, like I said, if you would have asked me before the pandemic, if I would have been telling stories about, you know, the environment and distilleries that are doing amazing things, I'd have been like, no. So, you know what I mean? So it, it's exactly that, but I abs absolutely love that. I love the storytelling aspect of it. Uh, more importantly, it's meeting amazing people like yourselves in this whole thing. Well, I know anybody who that goes to your website, which I believe is jeffbeerwineandspirits.com, right? Yeah. Yep. So anybody that goes there and digs a little deeper is if maybe goes, I think it's on your about page, they're going to see that you are going pretty deep because you are currently, I think, taking brewing classes at UC Davis. Yep. And you have winemaking classes yep. at UC Davis. And you have plans to do get a master's in science in distilling in yeah. Scotland, I believe, right? Yeah, that's all the stuff I keep hush hush, you know. 
Like <laughs> this looks like you're setting Wait. yourself up for a big future in this industry. Hush, hush. And it's on your website. It's we- on your website. Uh, and you got, you that. have a countdown clock. Don't tell me to hush. <laughs> I, yeah. I will tell you like the, the amount of people, the amount of traffic I get people to go on my website, as opposed to my YouTube <laughs> channel is very, very low. So, uh, but you're right. You know, in this, in this process, you know, I, I always preach learn by doing, you know, and that's exactly what it's all about for me. Um, to, to go learn from a, an expert, like a brewer that's been doing it for 10, 20, 30 years or a winemaker, distiller, so on and so forth. You know, these classes are like a check on learning for me because I'm a military guy. You know, that's how we got taught. You know, it was crawl, walk, run. Here's the weapon. Tear it apart. Put it together again. You know, repeat, you know, rinse and repeat. And uh, so I kind of take that same mentality towards it is, you know, I learned by from the experts, the brewers, winers, just uh, winemakers, distillers all over the world. And then I go through these classes because it all makes more sense than if I was just to learn it from a book. Um, and that's what it's about for me. And yeah, you know, there's this, this is what's so great about all three. You know, one wine by itself is head spinning. Beer by itself, right, is head spinning, you know, whiskey by itself. Uh, but to combine all three, yes, I, at times I'm scratching my head saying, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> Um, you know, but I will tell you that it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I'm not, you know, look, you're, you're coming and checking out my contents because of the story. Yes. I'm going to give you the information. If you want to be, you know, if you want to know more about whiskey, you go to Fred Minnick, you know, and those guys that are just, you know, every day into the scene, you know, you know, craft beer, you know, in, in the States, you know, they're going to come, they're going to come check out Ken and April and what they're doing and talking about for craft beer, right? You're not going to get the same amount of, you know, in-depth information um, from me, you know, so, but, you know, I've got my whole life to the rest of my life, however long that may be to, to show people what alcohol looks like globally. And that's really what I'm about. Um, and to be hands-on and to show people behind the scenes, how difficult all these products are to make and how much time and effort and energy it goes into making this stuff is that's what I'm about. And, uh, you know, I, I found out from a young age uh, that I'm a pretty good storyteller. Don't ask me to write anything because <laughs> if you asked me to write for your blog, Ken and April, you guys would be, I'd be fired the next day. But for some odd reason, I have this special ability to, uh, to storytell when you take technical information about beer, wine, and spirits and then add the story. I'm able to understand it and balance the two to not give more technical information, but a well you know, well-balanced story, in my opinion, from start to finish. And I'm still exploring that and I'm still getting better every single day, but I love doing that. I love getting up every single day and, and you know, accepting that challenge to make a better story uh, for people that are interested in watching my content. Love it. Where can people find you? Yeah. So on Instagram, it's beer underscore wine underscore spirits. Instagram is more of my day-to-day um, so you can check out my stories, uh, get more of like up, up to date of what I'm doing on a daily basis. Uh, YouTube, I made it easy for everybody specifically to make it easy on myself, but it's beer, wine and spirits channel. Uh, so you can check that out there. You guys talked about the website, jeffbeerwinespirits.com. And that's only because damn, every single domain is taken nowadays. Right. And, and, and the person that owns beerwinespirits.com wants to charge me $12,000 to own that debate. So, right. uh, you know, so that's why it's jeffbeerwinespirits.com. 
Um, I also have Facebook. It's Beer, Wine, and Spirits channel too as well. Awesome. Well, um, make sure you guys go to the YouTube channel, especially because the YouTube channel is fantastic. That's where Jeff really shines and tells these amazing stories. And I mean, I wish we were half as good as you at telling these stories because you are fantastic. The videos that, that you and your partners produce are fantastic. I mean, I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate it, guys. And I, I will tell people that, you know, you don't have to uh, be great to start, but you have to start to be great. You know, and my videos did start out when I look back at them. It was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I produced it. <laughs> and you're going to get better each and every day. And just like you guys, I know you're rapping. I know what you guys I know your pain right now, guys. You're putting together these episodes. It's taking you 10 days to put together three minutes of content. And you're like, why isn't this working? Why can't I do this? Why can't I create this visual effect? Blah, 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 right? But it will come, you know, just have the patience, but it will come. And I'm enjoying everything you guys are doing. The content is absolutely amazing. And I'm always keeping an eye out on your next uh, adventure and travels too, as well, to inspire me uh, to come tell stories uh, in awesome. your neck of the woods. Awesome. I have one more question. Yeah. What you go to drink? Ooh, <laughs> I always say, I always say free is my, my go-to drink. <laughs> I would say cheers to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yep. Cheers, guys. Cheers. That, cheers to a lot more experiences together. Hopefully we'll be able to get together in person eventually here. So I hope so. I really do. That'd be so amazing. Yep. Definitely. Cheers. Dude. Man, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was and just like having a conversation with a friend. It was. I mean, we, from the first time we talked to Jeff, um, and we just had a quick, fast friendship, I think. And I So mean, it would be really quite sad then if we just ended our relationship with, wait, started it and ended it with the podcast. Oh, yeah. And I don't think that's going to happen because, no. you know, we've, I think we struck a chord with each other so quickly that um, we've already been talking about how. Uh, we would like to do something together in the future, and yes, so and there's tuned. and there's no hard plans yet, nothing to announce, anything like that. But uh, yeah, we're already talking with Jeff about you know who knows what meeting we'll come up, up somewhere down the road and and do some things together. So yeah. yeah, hopefully you'll be seeing some fun beer, wine, and spirits channel and living a stout life uh, combo stuff somewhere. Speaking of um, meeting down the road meeting down the road if you don't want to trust so we got lucky with this because jeff like we said in the beginning of this jeff contacted us just kind of out yeah. of the blue just searching for um fellow people who are very similar to him and he found us and so we got lucky so if you don't want to trust meeting your tribe to just to just luck then you should totally check out camp carpe diem you all if you've been listening to us you know that we're hosting um like an adult camp where you can find your tribe explore new interests You'll know we're hosting that in Uray this fall, October 7th through the 10th. So that's it. So if you haven't signed up yet, do so because you're going to miss out on a lot if you don't. It's C-A-M-P-C-A-R-P-E-D-I-E-M.com. And there's my little spiel about a quick advertisement. <laughs> and then we can go back to Jeff because, like, that was, again, like you said, so much fun. But, again, that really wasn't an advertisement because that's that wasn't the point. That was April here talking just because we like to surround ourselves with people that we want to be around. And that's why we do things like this podcast with Jeff, because after talking to him for five minutes, we knew, yeah, we want to hang out with this guy. Yeah. Right now it's just on the podcast, but 
soon it'll be in person too. And hopefully that's what you kind of felt like when you were um, listening is that, you know, you grabbed your favorite beverage, whatever it was, and you were just <laughs> kind of hanging out with us. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, as long as you're not driving and you grab your favorite beverage, as long as your favorite well, beverage you isn't a beer, wine, or spirit while you're driving. No, yeah. If it's, uh, you know, if you got your fa- if your favorite beverage happens to be coffee Wait. or something, okay. I, I do recall just a little bit ago we were having this conversation that you have to make wise choices when you're drinking. You can go yes. on an all-out night drinking thing, and but as long as you're making the wise choices while you do that, and as long as you're not doing that every single night. Yes, that's that personal relationship with alcohol that we were talking about just mere minutes ago. <laughs> so anyhow, make wise decisions. Then you can live the dream, the life of your dreams. Wow. Is that how you end it? What? That was very, um, I don't know what. A public service announcement? (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Our do good, our do good of the day. Well, you have to do good. I mean, we live in a world of, we were But it's smart. It's it's actually a smart approach to just moderate. Well, because we live in a world of alcohol. And again, we talked about this earlier too. Like we live in a world of alcohol and that word alcohol sounds so like derogatory but we or live just in this, scary to some people. Yeah, and know, we live in they're... this world, and that's what we based a lot of it in. I mean, we living in the world, meaning that our whole business is craft beer and, you know, sometimes wine and spirits, and definitely Jeff's is that. And when you live in something like that, you have to find a way to have a good relationship with it. So. Well, and I think yeah. that's why our relationship really centers around the stories around it, the community around it. You know, yes, we love that liquid in the in the bottle or the can or the glass or whatever but uh, it's not just the liquid i mean the liquid's great it's fun tasty stuff and it's fun to talk about but it's really it's just the gateway to meeting more people and building a a stronger community and a your tribe that you want to be around so Wait, can I do another advertisement? <laughs> you well, can do whatever you want. It's our podcast. I was just thinking, well, because we're They slashing... can shut it off if they don't want to hear your little they commercial. But... Shut it off because we're <laughs> sloshing around like beer. And then I was just thinking, you know, like, be happy. And then I was just thinking, like, ooh, beer hoppy. And then I was just thinking, like, guess what I got? New t-shirt. And it's mm. really, re- oh, I actually have a new long sleeve shirt. And it's really, really cool. And I'll put the link in our show notes. But it's it's a really cool shirt. And it says, don't worry, beer hoppy. <laughs> See, cute, right? So you can represent beer and being happy and being happy and living a stout life. And yeah. Yeah, I think it's about time to to call it the end of the line for this podcast. But uh, So subscribe to us. And yeah, please subscribe, uh, leave a review that helps a lot um, for leave us a, and or leave a comment you know, or send us an email tell your friends about the show all that good stuff and uh, we'll see you next time yeah cheers cheers don't worry beer hoppy peace out we'd love to hear from you so keep the conversation going send us a note share a beer recommendation or two or just say hey this stout conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer travel and adventure lifestyle needs